The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. It's about focusing on the fight and not the fright. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Get In Loser. We're starting a podcast. It's your boy Cheetah. And I'm Chupacabra. And no chop this week. Uh, he's on vacation, as we said last week. So, while trying to figure out, you know, what we were going to do for an episode while he was gone, we came up with a great idea to bring on, you know, someone very special very to us. Very special lady. Yeah, you know, you... We know her by mom. You know her by Mama Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mama Bear in the building. <coughs> Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be back on again. Yes. So, since October 1st starts uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, you know, we got to talking with our mom. We said, hey, why don't you come on and do an episode about breast cancer? As you know, someone who's gone through it personally. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into a little bit of uh, breast cancer awareness for you. Talk a little bit about, you know, uh, what's the lady's name? Susan Susan G. G. Coleman. Coleman. Okay, yeah, Susan G. Coleman. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of just go from there. We're kind of just going to flow from there. And uh, Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. So, <laughs> go ahead, Bob. You go ahead and tell us what you got. Let's Let's... Light this candle. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, breast cancer, I don't know, has always been something important to me, like to take care of, you know, and donate to. But it became more, even more important when in 2004 I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. I luckily was a survivor um, and I didn't have to go through chemo or radiation because of the fact that they had caught it at the earliest stages they could possibly find it, which they called ductal carcinoma in situ, which means it was trapped in one of my ducts in my breast. So the fact that it was still there and hadn't broken through the duct, there was no way for it to spread. So I was extremely lucky because I had found it in a very, um, very, very early stages. And I kind of want to just touch on a little bit about how I found it because it's such a bizarre, strange story. And it may help somebody else someday because I would have never thought that this would have given me or showed me what I found out. And because I'm so conscious about my, you know, my breast and all that, I I noticed th- things, you know. And maybe if I tell you my little story about how I found out, you guys might, you know... Might help somebody else. There you go. So one day I was out shopping for my son, Cheetah, and uh, <laughs> I hate shopping of all kinds. I don't like shopping, period. I'm not a typical girl. And I just happened to look over and I seen this bra and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a beautiful bra. If I can find that in my size, I'm going to buy it. And I was not going out shopping for me. I was shopping for my son for something for school. And I don't know, people from Niagara Falls will know the old Walmart on Porter Road. I was standing there looking at this bra, and I just felt like somebody was staring at me, like looking at me. And I looked all around. I didn't see anybody, couldn't find anybody. And I looked at the doors, and there was nobody even coming in the doors. Now, anybody who lived in Niagara Falls and went to that Porter Road Walmart knows that them doors were always open. Somebody was always coming in them. But that moment... There was nobody, not a soul around, but I knew somebody was staring at me. So I went and I picked up the bra, I tried it on, and I went <clears throat> I went and tried it on. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I go, something doesn't seem right. I said, this one side of my breast <clears throat> looks like it's all inflamed or like blown up, like somebody pumped it with air, you know, and uh, I was like, I'm going to have to 
get this, somebody else look at this because it seems odd to me. Well, sorry, boys, but I went home <clears throat> and I asked my husband, I said, are the boys home? Oh, no. Oh, no. Where is this story taking a turn? I said to him, are the boys home? He's like, no. Why? I said, I have to show you let's something. Let's get it on. And exactly. That's what he was thinking. He's like, woohoo, let's, here we go. <laughs> so I take my shirt off. I take my bra off. I'm like, what's wrong with my breasts? He goes, uh, absolutely nothing, honey. They look perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not joking here. I'm being serious. I said, uh, I said, something's wrong with my breasts. He goes, oh, well, now that you mention it, if we're being serious, he goes, I don't know, your one right breast looks like the outside of it's pumped up like a like a basketball or something. Like, you know, it's a lot larger than it probably should be. And I said, yep, that's what I thought too. Tomorrow I'm going to the doctors. And that's how my whole breast cancer journey started. I went and I got my mammogram, and they told me that I had um, a birating four of four for this lump in my breast. So I went and I seen a specialist at Winsong. They took some samples of it, and out of the 12 samples they took, six of them were cancerous and pre- six of them were precancerous. But the funny story behind all this, before he did that testing, he says, well, you know, I don't think it's breast cancer, but I'm not God. I'm not going to try to play God. So he asked me if I'd have these samples done. And I said, sure. You know, I, I want to know for sure it's not breast cancer. And he's like, all right, well, we'll do these tests. And then when I was having the test done, the one doctor said, well, <clears throat> if I call you, nothing to worry about. If Dr. Nomoto calls you, there's something to worry about. Three, four days go by, I hear nothing. I'm thinking, all right, I'm out of the woods. I didn't hear nothing from either one of them. That's a good thing. Well, then my husband calls me and he says, uh, dear, um, somebody named Dr. Nomoto called? I pulled over to the side of the road and I broke down because I knew that meant it was something serious, something that needed to be addressed. And I was very scared. I had young children. You know, anybody hears they got cancer, it's just a pretty scary thing. Absolutely. You know, and I know how scared I was and I was afraid to tell my boys because I was worried what it was going to do to them. So me being me, I sat on the side of the road. I cried the whole a whole like half hour or so that rest of the day I cried off and on as I told my parents, as I told my boys, you know, as I told my family, the people that I loved the next day I woke up and I said, this is it. I'm done with you. You ain't got time for you. You are not going to be in my life. I'm going to fight. So I called Dr. Moto and he said, you know, he told me about those, those test results, and he said, honestly, he says, I would have bet my career on that you didn't have breast cancer, he says. But like I said, I'm glad that I had you do this test because I don't like to pretend to, you know, play God. So he, I asked him how big it was, and he says it was about the size of a walnut. And I said, being me, because now I'm over the crying, I'm over, I'm angry now. I said, the size of a walnut in the shell or out of the shell? And he's like, what? I said, well, if it's a walnut in the shell, it's one big piece. If it's a walnut out of the shell, it's a bunch of little pieces. Now, anybody who knows anything about breast uh, any kind of cancer knows that if it's a bunch of little pieces, those pieces can float and metastasize. So I wanted to know, how serious is this? Is it? In the shell or out of the shell? And he thought I was a little insane. He said, nobody's ever asked me. <laughs> he said, nobody's ever asked me when I told them they had a walnut size, you know, lump in their breast or, you know, that, is it in the shell or out of the shell? And I explained my reasoning like I just explained to you. And he's like, well, you're quite a character. And within three days, I was in the hospital and having it removed. From there, the story goes on. Luckily, I didn't have to go through any major things. I just had to go on some medicine for a few years. I had to get checked every two months for the first year, every six months for the next three years. After I made it to five years, and it was every year. And lo and behold, knock on some wood here, 
We're going on, uh, let's see, how many, 18 years? About 18 years? Yeah, baby. And they say usually if you make it past the 15-year mark and it doesn't come back, chances are it never will. So Let's hear it from Mama Bear. It absolutely will never will. We'll kick its ass. (laughs) Yeah. I remember being, I'm pretty sure I was in high school at the time and just feeling powerless, you know. It's like when someone you love's hurting or or going through something, you know, you want to. Especially me, like my personality, I always like try to protect people. And when you feel powerless to something like that, it's it can really affect it affects you obviously and everyone around you. It's a re- real serious thing in this area too. Oh, it's very serious. I always tell people that Roswell is not in Western New York by chance. It's it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But Sh- cancer in the Western New York area. Is extremely high. There's a lot of, and they blame it on the plants and all this stuff. But you know, it could be. I'm not going to downplay or try to beat up on anybody, but I'm sure it has to do with some of the chemicals that are in the air, some of the chemicals that were buried in Love Canal. Oh, absolutely, and um, the landfill. The yeah. landfill's got like, yeah, Manhattan Project, the nuclear radiation the shit pile. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there is a lot of things that could cause the cancer. But I, I don't know. I truly believe that um, there is a cure, and I hate to say this, but this is the way I feel. So don't send them any nasty letters to get in loser starting a podcast. Don't don't beat on them. Don't jump on their, down their throats. This is my opinion, and my opinion only. I'm only speaking for myself. I truly believe that there is a cure for cancer. But unfortunately, there's too much money to be had and to be made. And you're used as guinea pigs. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, an estimated $6 billion is raised every year uh, in the name of breast cancer for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we, uh, I believe we covered this a little bit. I don't know if we covered it much, but I believe we covered, we just said like a little bit of it on your, uh, your episode about Matt. Matt Cox. Did we talk about... Maybe I talked about this with somebody at work, how the medical field is, like, one of the biggest rackets in the world, because, like... Uh, I don't think it was a pod. It must have been... Yeah, maybe it might have been at work, but... I mean, it's the same with, like... You could say the same thing with, like, AIDS. Or, like, you know what I mean? Where they've been saying for years that there's no cure for AIDS, but these big political people have gotten AIDS and they've never died from it. You know what I mean? So, like, the way I've always seen it is that... Or at least the way it seemed to me is that... It seems like in their mind, and I'm not saying this about all doctors. Obviously, there's some good doctors out there, you know, that actually give a shit. But, you know, like the actual corporations behind hospitals. Yeah, big pharma. Yeah, I always, to me, it's always seemed like to, in their mind, it's a cured patient is a, is a lost revenue. You know Absolutely. I mean? So why cure patients when we can continue to pump them for money? You and know keep I mean? you coming back every yeah, month. Yeah, which I mean, or... obviously, it, I don't want to have to say that, you know what I mean? It's... You know, it's not a good way to look at it, but I mean... I believe that's definitely got... It's definitely a part of it. I'm sure by now a lot of people have... A lot more people are... Like, like a lot more people see it now than it used to be, I think. I think a lot more people are onto it now than they used to be. Yeah. But one thing I do want to push that I am a big advocate of, and I will dog you if you are my friend i will dog you if i know you if i even if i don't know you and i see you and i and you're talking about how you haven't had a breast cancer exam or a mammogram in five years oh i'm gonna tear you apart (laughs) i am going to tear you apart excusable yeah yeah i wanted to uh that was something i actually wanted to mention on this episode was that uh obviously like scotty said he was in high school what happened? I was a lot younger because we were three years apart. So I was in like middle schoolish, but I mean I didn't know much about cancer. You know, I mean I wasn't even one hundred percent sure what it was. I didn't, you know, what I mean that kind of thing was like the last thing on my mind at that age. You know, I just and for me it was more about just you know running around outside doing stupid shit with my friends. You know, what I mean so like from what I had known about cancer at that age was that you know usually it was never good. You know, what I mean because. 
a lot of the times you don't hear about the success stories. You only hear about the people that, you know, lose their battle to it. So when I heard about it, I'm like, that's yeah, the first thing I thought was like, yo, am I like about to lose sentence. my yeah. yeah, I'm like, am I about to lose my mother? Like, what do I even do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do I react to this? Like, and I remember even like second guessing myself when I'd go out and like hang out with my friends sometimes. I'd be like, should I be hanging out? Should I be going, hanging out with my mom right now? Like, you know what I mean? I was just, I feel like a lot of people that get it, like, that early, like, you know what I mean? When they have, like, young kids, like, you did, Mom, when you got it. Right. I feel like it's very hard for, like, kids, like, my age, for, like, when I was in middle schoolish, to really grasp, right. like, the seriousness of it. Obviously, when I got a little older, then I started to understand that, you know, how serious it actually was. But at the time of hearing about it, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really even know what it was or even, like, how to react to it. So I kind of just... I remember, like, when you told us, I remember, literally remember, like, I'm pretty sure I was in, we were in my room. I'm pretty sure you brought me and Scotty in my room and you told us, and I remember just sitting there, like, what is going on right now? Like, I, I you know, I mean, I really couldn't understand. You're right. I remember yeah. that. No. Yep. Yeah, like, I couldn't really understand, like, what was actually, what you were actually telling us. You because, were crying. You were choking back tears trying to tell us. Yeah, because I wanted to be, tried to be strong for you, like, I'm not scared. I don't want you to be scared, but I want you to know because I, I in my household and my kids growing up was very open with them. I didn't hide things from them. I didn't because I wanted them to feel open with me, like that they could come to me at any time and talk about anything. And if I felt I was open with them, that they maybe would be have the same feeling, like they could be open with me. It worked. Huh? Yeah. Like when I told you I lost my virginity. Yeah. Or when you told mom that I lost my virginity. Amen. Yeah, I mean my boys my boys told me a lot of things, but as they got older they stopped telling me so much. But guess what? Moms know. <clears throat> Moms always know. But one of the things I wanted to mention and I know some people might have opinions about corporations that start off as a good thing and then they turn into a bad thing. But I'm not going to go in that route, but I feel that Susan G. Komen Foundation was one of the best things that ever happened because um, due to the fact that she had passed, her sister vowed that her vision uh, in the world was to rid the world of breast cancer. And I know it's a great vision, and I'd love to see it happen one day, but I unfortunately think it never will because, like I explained before, it's— Big business and big farmers always got to get their cut. Yeah. But <clears throat> she has done so many great things and brought so many opportunities and so much money and research has come from them to help, you know, people survive this disease. Because I, that day that somebody, I felt like somebody was staring at me, my, um, she was my cousin, but I treated her, I thought, you know, she was so much older than me. I thought she was like an aunt, so I always called her Aunt Patty. Well, she passed away from breast cancer because her doctor told her, eh, it's a fatty tumor. It's nothing. It'll go away. Don't worry about it. Well, she started getting more and more lumps. And by the time they realized and took her seriously and did something about it, it was already in her lymph nodes and... Once it gets in your lymph nodes, that's in your bloodstream, and there's really not much they can do for you. So it's just keep you comfortable and, you know, help yeah. you get through it. So, I mean, I know in my heart it was her staring at me that day and made me look at that bra because if it wasn't that I did that, I might not have never known till it was, you know, too late too. Well, hey, man, shout out to Aunt Patty. Exactly. Hey, Up man. to you, girl. I love you and miss you. <laughs> But, yeah, the Susan G. Komen Foundation has done a lot. They've raised a lot of money, and it started from a sister's love for her sister who lost her life. You know, and if you have sisters, most sisters are really close. And, you know, some aren't, but most sisters are, like, best friends. So, Oh, you know, yeah? What did you do to your sister when you were a kid? <laughs> except for, <laughs> except for me, I tried to sell my sister when I was a child. No, but I was never. Young. I was only nine. I didn't know any better. But um, some of the interesting things I found out while I was, you know, luckily, doing. Luckily, the family that bought her brought her back. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever bought her. Uh huh. <laughs> 
Um, some of the interesting things I found when I was doing my research about, you know, the Susan G. Komen Foundation and breast cancer in general and all that was in the um, pink ribbon first came about um, in 1992 by um, was done by an Alexandria Penny editor in chief of self self magazine. Um, she put the breast cancer awareness month issue over over the top with this by cre- she created a wi- a ribbon and enlisted the cosmetics giants to distrib- distribute them in New York City. So she made um she made a uh breast cancer ribbon and wanted the cosmetics companies to hand it out, you know, to promote breast cancer. So I feel like her doing that also brought more attention to, you know, the uh, breast cancer fight. Yeah. We'll, we'll think about it now today, uh, how much of an impact it had because it's still used to stay and instantly recognized. You see the yeah. pink ribbon, you know exactly Ex- what it's Exactly. About. You know, so there's uh, that, you know, that does it does give you a lot of recognition and it does make it more in people's forefront. It's everywhere. You see it everywhere, you know. And like you said, the biggest thing uh, with the breast cancer, too, is fi- is finding it as soon as possible. The quicker you find it, right, the exactly. better and off you'll be. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to go back to where I was saying, like, I will beat you. I will down you. I don't care. If I don't even know you, I'm going to tear you apart. This is, this is a good time to um, just, you know, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, where it's all about the awareness. Uh, let's talk about five warning signs real quick. Um, so lumps in breasts or under the arm, thickening or swelling in part of the breast, like you said, that's what that's how you noticed. Right. Um, irritation or dimpling of breast skin. I think that's a skin. Yeah, skin. Uh, redness or flaky skin around the nipple, or uh, pulling the pulling in or pain of the nipple. Top five uh, warning signs. Yeah, and people. <clears throat> like I said, I don't know if you or I don't know you. If I find out you haven't had a mammogram or a breast exam in years, I'm going to go crazy on you and telling you all the bad facts of reason why you shouldn't do it. Because you know what? I found mine so early, the doctor said, you must really pay attention to your body. So pay attention to your body. Feel on them things, man. You're in the shower anyways washing them right. up. Check your breasts. That's the best time to check them because your hand flows easily around them. Check them. If you notice anything, and don't ever feel like, oh, well, the doctor's going to think I'm crazy if I go in there and tell him my breast looks like it's swollen. Because you know what? If I had thought that, who knows where I'd be right now. And I'm, I mean, I can't speak personally because I'm not a doctor, but I feel like a lot of doctors, if you come in and personally be like, hey, can you, you know, can we get a checkout real quick to make sure I think I felt something? I feel like a lot of doctors are going to be like, Okay, yeah, you know, I'm happy that you're yeah, doing no doctors, the work on your own. No doctor is going to turn you away and tell you they think that you're crazy. They're going to tell you, you know what, you have, especially if you have a history in your family, let's just go for it. Even if you don't, let's go for it because it's it's going to make you feel better. And Because when you, if you're not sure, your stress level is going to start to go up. Uh. Stress level equals heart problems, not yep. eating. Absolutely. Causes so many more other problems. So if it appeases you... Then just do it. Don't ever feel like, you know, somebody might not believe you or not think, you know, think you're crazy. Because you know what? It could save your life. Yeah. I also, real quick, want to point out that when you were talking about these people, like the lady who made the breast cancer ribbon, and, you know, uh, Susan G. Komen's sister who started the foundation, her name, you know, a lot of these people have all brought attention, have brought more attention to breast cancer than there probably ever was before because of people like this. But I feel like... Maybe not on the big scale that they've done it, but I feel like it's got to be said that you, at least amongst our family, I feel like made the women in our family more aware of how serious it is because I remember like, I remember a couple of years after you were getting it when, you know, you'd be calling for grandma to get an exam, Auntie K to get an exam, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you really pushing the women in our family to do to keep checking, you know, really like... You know, made it, like oh, brought yeah. it to their attention more than it ever was before. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't let anybody in my family go. It, when was your last mammogram? Oh, what? Two years? Oh no, we're not having that two years ago. Let's go right now. We're going to get a mammogram. And I mean, I really pushed because 
the way things are now and because of Susan G. Komen Foundation and how much they pushed, this lady pushed for her sister, there's so much money and there's so many avenues out there. There's support groups. There's uh, free mammogram screenings. You don't even have to have insurance. You can get a free mammogram. It does, so that's not an excuse anymore. And that was a lot of what they were trying to make that – some people can't do it and take care of the, the mammograms because they can't afford it. But the, with this program and this money that they raise, they offer free mammograms. You know, you can get a free mammogram. All you got to do is call anywhere. They'll get you in. They'll set you up due to this foundation, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and Susan's sister fought for, I mean, Susan fought for three years with her battle with breast cancer before she finally lost her fight. And the opening motto is kind of my feeling. Don't be afraid. Go to the fight. Don't run away from it. Because like I told you in the beginning, I cried for that whole day. But then the next day, I woke up and I said, I'm fighting. I ain't got time for you. I'm making time for you. So you mess with the wrong girl. And luckily, you know, I did, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. And I feel good about that. And I will tell anybody, you know, I will get on anybody about getting their mammograms done and doing what they need to do. Even if you don't go to a doctor all the time, you know, check your own breasts. You don't have to always go to the doctor to have your breasts checked. Yeah, man, check your tatas. <clears throat> Stand in the we're mirror. All, we're all about the tatas here. Yeah, man. <laughs> They're the only ones you got. Check them out. Yeah, stand in the mirror. Look at them. Look how do they, do they look round? Do they look odd shaped? Does something look not look right? I mean, you're showering every do they day. Look voluptuous. <laughs> All right, calm down. Now. <laughs> you're looking at them every day, and if you have somebody that you you know are intimate with, and sorry again, boys, <clears throat> but you can make it a fun little game. Oh boy, you know. Oh, all right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this is where the pot ends. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get you to, you know, get that to get that early detection. I'm all for it. I don't care how you do it or what you do, but do it. You I know? Uh, I also think it should be said because a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure there's people now that know this, but you know, back when my mom first told us about hers, I had no idea that. There, there's a very small chance, but there is a chance that men can also get breast cancer. I was not aware of that. Yes, you it's have. Very, this... uh, it's very rare, but it can right. happen. Right. So you men don't think you're safe from it because you're not, because your breast tissue is the same as ours. Ours just grows bigger. Yours, but there's still breast tissue. Unless your name's Andrew, then yours also grows bigger. <laughs> there's also breast tissue in there that could could get cancer. So. For the guys out there, too, I'm sorry, we you get left out a lot, but yes, you're right, Sean. There are guys who can get breast cancer. So don't to, think you're immune, men. men. You know, don't think you're immune, because you're not. <laughs> yeah, check your breasts, choop. <laughs> <laughs> so some interesting facts I just wanted to uh, bring up. Um, since the Susan G. Komen Foundation has um, been started... And they've invested nearly $1.1 billion in, gre- in breast cancer research since wow. it began. It's incredible. More than 220 k financial received financial assistance. 220 um, k people have uh, received financial assistance and support. Um, there's a community of 30 million people. People across the breast cancer community. Wow. So that's the shows the services that are out there and the support that you got. Thirty million people. That's a lot of people there for you. So there is help out there. There's people out there, and a hundred k to advocate for um, patients' rights. Wow. So basically, they're saying we don't care if you're poor. We don't care what what your nationality is. We don't care. All we care about is your life and your breasts. Which is what it should be, you know? You know? That, it should be that aspect in all things, but... You know. Right. I mean, it's good that, you know, we have... They have, like, systems like that for, you know, stuff like breast cancer, stuff like that. You know, if there if there's anything people advocate for a lot, it's, 
you know, like health stuff, you know what I mean? Kind of, you know what I mean? Like people are always trying to be there for each other and like the health wise, kind of, you know. Do you guys know breast cancer is the most common type of cancer? Yes, it is. I did not know that. I knew that only because I've been through it, and I, I, I learned well, when I went through it, I learned a lot, and I well, researched a lot. Yeah. Mama Bear over here is like an advocate for it. Now she knows a lot. She's a professional now. She knows all the stuff, all right? <laughs> no, I don't know don't everything. Don't quiz her. She knows it all. I don't know everything. I just know a lot because this of it. This is breast cancer jeopardy. That... <laughs> she knows it all, all right? And some more interesting facts I found out that about the Susan G. Komen, um thing uh, foundation is in 1998, the first international race for the cure was held in Costa Rica. Ooh, that would have been fun to go to Costa Rica well, yeah. for uh race for the cure. Mm. Sign me up. Okay. It says more than 1.3 million participate in over a hundred races for the cure events in the U S and two other countries. And that was in 2002. Nice. 1.3 million people participate. That's insane. It's wow. nuts. In 2007, Komen awards the first grant for the Komen Tissue Bank, the only biorepository of its kind collecting normal breast tissue to study the causes and prevention of breast cancer. That's pretty amazing that they actually have a place that takes good breast cancer, you know, takes good breast tissue to see what causes the breast to, you know, get that cancer. That's a pretty good, uh, in 2008, the Race for the Cure celebrated its 25th anniversary. And in 2014, 150 Komen race events will be held, was held worldwide, including in the U.S., the Bahamas, Belgium, Georgia, Germany, Greece, Italy, Puerto Rico, and Tanzania. So this is not just in the United States, folks. This has gotten so big, it's worldly. Tanzania kind of sounds like a salad dressing. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. I got a, I got a little bit of stuff right here for you. If give you a break. Uh, talking about just like early discoveries of breast cancer, which I thought was kind of interesting. That uh, they have medical de- text that dates back to three thousand to two thousand five hundred BCE. Uh, in ancient Greece, people made votive offerings in the shape of a breast to the god of medicine. And Hippocrates described the stages of breast cancer in the early 400s BCE. Wow. In the first century, doctors experimented with sur- surgical incisions to destroy tumors. They also thought that breast cancer was linked with the end of menstruation. This theory may have prompted the association of cancer with old age. Uh, Also, in the beginning of the Middle Ages, the medical progress was intertwined with new religious philosophies. Christians thought surgery was barbaric and were in favor of faith healing. Meanwhile, Islamic doctors reviewed Greek medical texts to learn more about breast cancer. Uh, The Renaissance saw a revival of surgery with doctors exploring the human body. John Hunter, known as the Scottish father of investigative surgery, identified lymph as a cause of breast cancer. Lymph is the fluid carrying light blood cells throughout the body. Lumpectomies were also performed by surgeons, but there was no anesthesia yet. Surgeons had to be fast and accurate to be successful. (laughs) I I don't know if I'd want to do that without without anesthesia. Uh, The first couple breast cancer research milestones here. Uh, In 1882, William Halstead. Hey, Halstead from Chicago shows. (laughs) I didn't know he's been alive that long. Looks great for his age. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Uh, William Halstead performed the first radical mastectomy. This surgery will remain the standard operation to treat breast cancer until into the 20th century. Uh, 1895, the first x-ray is taken. Eventually, low-dose x-rays called mammograms will be used to detect breast cancer. 
discover the radioactive elements radium and polonium shortly after radium is used in a cancer treatment. Hey, can I just interrupt you real quick about that, uh, <clears throat> the mammogram machine? Um, anybody out there that says, oh, but that thing's hurt so bad, guess what? Ha- cancer hurts ten times worse. Ooh. So suck it up, buttercup. Five minutes in that machine can mean 50 more extra years on your life. Just go do it. Get a ma. <laughs> uh, 1932, a new approach to mastectomy is developed. The surgical procedure is not as disfiguring and becomes the new standard. So imagine what it was like before they came up with this one, 1932. Like, imagine what they looked like after. Mm. Uh, I still can't get over the thought of having anything done, a uh, lump removed, without guidance. Or anesthesia. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Anesthesia. Uh, Oh, no. 1937, radiation therapy is used in addition to surgery to spare the breast. After removing the tumor, needles with radium are placed in the breast and near the lymph nodes. Uh, 1974, tamoxifen is approved. That's... Yeah, is approved by the Food and Drug Administration for use in breast cancer treatment. This... Anestrogen drug is the first in a new class of drugs called selective estrogen receptor modulators. That's what I took for five years after they found my breast cancer. Wow, that's a lot of big words. <laughs> good thing, good thing Ch- Chop's not here. Sorry, bud. Uh, researchers discover a new gene in rats, the human version, HER2, it's found to be linked with more aggressive breast cancer than overexpressed, called HER2 positive breast cancer. It isn't as responsive to treatments. Uh, 1985, researchers discovered that women with early stage breast cancer who were treated with a lipsectomy and radiation have similar survival rates to women treated with only a mastectomy. In 1986, scientists figure out how to clone. The HER2 gene. 1995, scientists can clone the tumor suppressor genes BRCA1 and BRCA2. Inherited mutations in these genes can predict an increased risk of breast cancer. Uh, Actually, the BRCA2, <clears throat> which is what you were just talking about, BR, BRAC1, it's called BRCA. And BRCA1 and BRCA2 are actually um, mutations that they can test for um, to see if you're likely or if that if you carry that gene to see if you already had a mutation that was going to cause you to get cancer. See, what, what did I tell you guys? She's the master. At this. <laughs> 1996, the FDA approves anastroziel as a treatment for breast cancer. This drug... Blocks the production of estrogen. Uh, there's a lot of mumbo jumbo after this. <clears throat> we don't have to read all these. I was just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown of what, how far breast cancer treatment has come since you know the first time they ever really discovered it. But go ahead, uh, Chup. It looked like you had something you wanted to say over there. No, I don't got anything to say right now. I kind of like your. Actually, found there. Um, okay. Uh, the top four highest cancer rates by state are con- number one's Kentucky, uh, number two's New Jersey, West Virginia, uh, number four, our state, New York, number five, Louisiana. I'm surprised New York isn't higher, to be honest. Me yeah, too. I thought I always heard that uh, we were number one. Yeah, me too. I always thought that too. Here's some other interesting facts for you to, uh, think about. Nearly 44,000 people in the U.S. are expected to die from breast cancer this year. That is still way, way too many. Um, here's out to my African-American friends that you you know I'm hardest on you girls. You know that because you are 40% more likely to die from breast cancer than white women. Wow. So, you get out there, ladies. Get out there and get them boobies checked. 
<laughs> and if you need a kick in your ass, you just call, the, just send a message to the pod, and I will get on you. I will be your personal ass kicker to get you there to that mammogram. She is now our official spokesperson for <laughs> breast cancer moving forward. <laughs> There's one case diagnosed every 14 seconds. Wow. So that's an estimated 684,000 people died from breast cancer around the around the world. Not just in the United States. This is the whole world. But still, this is still too high. In 2022, 684,000 people in the world died from breast cancer. That's one death every 46 seconds. That's insane. That's also, crazy. Also, um, 290,560 people are expected to find new cases this year in 2022 just in the United States. That's insane. Girls, you got to get out there. Ain't nobody going to help you if you can't if you don't get there. Early detection is the best detection. I'll tell you how early my breast cancer was. They when they did my surgery to take it out because it was contained to my duct and they couldn't really feel it. I had to go now. And this is another reason why I don't want to hear you guys whining about that mammogram machine hurts. Oh, it hurts! <laughs> I had to sit in the mammogram machine for twenty minutes. You hear that, girls? Twenty minutes. Yikes! While they put a big fish hook like it needle in my Ooh. breasts, <laughs> I could have so that it could go around. The area that needed to be removed to get rid of the cancer. So I don't want to ever hear any one of you out there saying, oh, but that machine hurts. It's two minutes. I did 20. And and I survived. Just to uh, let you millennials know how bad it actually is, that's 20 minutes before we had stuff like Angry Birds to do to pass the time. So that's (laughs) 20 minutes of just sitting there doing nothing. Staring at the wall. Yes. And trust me, it was not fun watching on that machine them put that little fish hook around in my in my breasts. And it's not it wasn't Jeez. the easiest thing. Making my boobs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't wanna hear it, ladies. I will I am mm. Yeah, she don't wanna hear it. Anybody that knows me, they don't even talk. They don't even talk about breast cancer around me because they know I'm just going to go off on a tangent on them. <laughs> so when was your last mammogram? What have you done lately? Yeah. And um, here's some interesting facts about the Coleman, Susan G. Coleman's um, services. More than 91% of those served by Coleman's patient care center said that the service helped them overcome barriers to care, and 90% said an improved quality of life. Nice. So if nothing else, this is helping people. This is your money that you donate to Susan G. Coleman. Is testimonial here that it's helping people. It's getting people the help they need, the comfort they need. Because you know what? Sometimes that's what you need is somebody to give you a kick in the ass and say, don't let this fight you. You fight it. Don't let it become a fight that you're not willing to fight. You know, always fight. In the community, Coleman has committed to achieving healthy health equality and eliminating breast cancer. In, 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 uh, what is that word? Inequalities. That's it. Yeah, there you go. By breaking down the barriers that create poor breast health, Cal comes through a variety of um, proven interventions. See, this is what I was talking about. Like, even if you don't have insurance, there's no reason why, because there's services out there. And they're trying to make everybody equal, whether you have good insurance or you have bad insurance, whether you have no insurance or what. There's services out there for you to um, to access. So no excuse, basically. Right. And um, the action that Susan G. Komen's, um Foundation does is Komen serves as a voice for the breast cancer community by advocating for policies that accelerate research, ensure timely access to highly high-quality care, and alleviate systematic and financial burdens for all populations. At the federal and state levels, Komen Center for Public Policy works to secure more than $1 billion a year for breast cancer research and critical breast cancer safety net programs, as well as supports needed policy changes every year. 
More than 6 million people visit Komen.org each year to access comprehensive educational information and connect to our extensive resources. So if you're interested, here's a little, here's some information on you. You can find it on the Internet. You can find it on Google. It'll be very easy. Coleman's toll-free breast care helpline is 1-877-GO-COLEMAN. Pretty easy to remember. Um, It provides free support to thousands annually and connects callers to the critical services they need in multiple languages. So they're bilingual. They're here to help anybody. So... Yeah, if you can't remember the number, just stick around a cheerleading team. Go, Corm, Coleman. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wait outside. I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, I also want to mention uh, Betty Ford, the wife of President Gerald Ford, who brought a lot of attention towards breast cancer when she was diagnosed while he was in office. I Reverend. Think, yep, 1985. Yeah, and I I do like to see that our local newscasters, our local, you know, um, people on the news and stuff are are making it not a stigma and, and really pushing and giving you reminders that you know go get checked, go get checked, you know, tell a friend, be a buddy, you know, find somebody to go with you if you're afraid. Get a boob buddy. That's yeah. right. Get Everyone a boob needs buddy. A boob buddy. You know me, me, my mom, and my sister all used to go every year for our mammograms together. We did it as a girls' day, you know, and all the people were like, a girls' day to get your breast checked? But you know what? It girls was a lot day. of fun for us. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good day for us, you know, and it was something we did every year, you know. And this year is going to be kind of tough because, as most of you are already know my mom passed away in February, so this will be the first uh, girls' day that me and my sister will not be with my mom. And it's going to be a tough one, but we're going to get through it because it's important to get tested. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to Grandma, man. She was the OG. Yeah, rest yeah in she was. Uh, I got some celebs that had breast cancer. A lot of these surprised me. Uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus, Elaine from yeah. Cycle. Elaine. Angelina Jolie, Wanda Sykes, Shannon Doherty, Rita Wilson, Edie Falco, Carly Simon, Christina Applegate, and Suzanne Summers. I'm pretty sure, maybe Shannon, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. She's from Charmed. She's to be on the original Charmed. Yeah, she was the one that left, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she has, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that lady, I think she has some other form of cancer now, I could be wrong. But I think I remember something reading something not long ago that she's got she's like battling cancer again now or something. I could be wrong. Let me check to make sure. I don't wanna No, you could be right. I, um, I don't wanna spread any false information. But I thought I seen something about that with her. I heard she was like in like pretty bad shape or something last I heard. Uh in the meantime, listen to this story. There was a woman named uh Thelma Sutcliffe. She turned 114 years old. What? She survived breast cancer twice and is the oldest living American. Wow. Guess when her birthday is. October. Oh, wow. Wow. I wonder if that's why October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month in honor of her. Oh, wow. I mean, gee, she's 114. I think she deserves it. (laughs) <laughs> and to survive breast cancer twice and live to yeah, 114? That's, that's crazy. So that just goes to show you, and from personal experience with our family, we can say that that cancer is not, it doesn't have to be a death sentence. It is not the end. Yeah, and real quick, uh, before we pivot to that, um, I was right. Uh, Shannon Doherty does have cancer now. Oh, from 90210? Yeah, in yes. early 2019, she has metastatic stage 4 cancer. But she's living with it currently. She's yeah, metastatic means it has spread from just her, it's no longer just in her breast. It's like it's in your bloodstream, it's, right? It's, it could be in her bloodstream, or it could have traveled to another part of her body, you know, or it could be in a couple parts of her body, which kind of takes me into where, you know, something I want to say. Um, I am lucky I survived, I, I was a survivor of my breast cancer and what happened to me. 
And unfortunately, cancer has touched our family's life again. My sister, Mary Kay, was originally diagnosed with esophageal cancer, my younger sister. And then, you know, um, they said she was stage four, and I immediately thought that meant I was going to lose my sister. And I told her, I don't care what you got to do, you're going to fight. Because if I couldn't fucking sell your ass when you were a child, you're not leaving me now. I'll tell you that. So that was kind of... She also had two young kids. Yeah, she has two young... She had two young kids at the time. And I told her, I said, if I couldn't sell your ass, then you are not leaving me now. Because now we're best friends, you know. Now that we're older, she's my best friend. So... (laughs) Kind of like me and Chupacabra. Yeah, about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to, you know, now she's been diagnosed with also with brain cancer. But I want to let her know if she ever hears this podcast, and I, she knows I tell her all the time, she's the real hero and the real survivor in this family because she has been to hell and back, and that girl keeps getting up and fighting and kicking ass. Yeah, she don't quit. Damn straight. We love you, KB. So, yeah. you know what? Hey, she is Andy my Cooper. hero, and I I appreciate the fact that, you know, she... Thinks that I'm her hero because I give her the kick in the ass she needs when she needs it. But she is definitely my hero, and she's the warrior like no other warrior I've ever seen or met in my life. She's so she's so strong she could probably take on Sean's favorite, Mister America, and win. <laughs> well, America. actually, it's Captain America. Oh, close yes. enough. <laughs> well, I was thinking of Sean, Mister America. We'll right? accept it. We'll Sean it. is Mr. America, we'll right? Accept it, Mr. America. Yeah, real quick though, let's just brag for a second that how lucky me and Chup are that we born no family, and it's not that's only two people from our family, and we got two of the strongest badasses in the world, and that's only two people from our family. We got a way bigger family, so imagine how lucky we were growing up. Not only we have a mom who's a badass, then we had an aunt who's also a badass. So, I mean, we got no, me and him got no right to not be badasses, you know? I mean, this point is just kind of a, it's a family treat at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with that chap. Yeah, it kind of, it skips a generation. <laughs> 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 just kidding, buddy. We love you. It's weird not having him here, isn't it? It is weird. Yeah, a little bit. That's all right. He'll be back next He'll week back to annoy us. Our comic relief. Again. Yeah. Comedy relief. Yeah. So, anybody got anything else to say? <laughs> um. Here's some good news. As of June 2022, scientists at UT Dallas synthesized the new molecule that has shown promise in eliminating cancer cells. Oh, Woo! You go! You go! That's great. Get rid of them cancer cells. It's great news. Um. Here's some survivorship topics. Um, Most people diagnosed with breast cancer will live for many years. Now, today there are more than 4 million breast cancer survivors in the U.S., more than any other group of cancer survivors. Partially that has to do with, I think, the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Um, Mrs. Penny, who, you know, made the breast cancer ribbon, you know, bringing to the fourth Right, you know, so people here pay more attention and hearing more and getting themselves healthy. Yeah. You know? Well, hey, man. Uh, been a great episode. Ma, appreciate you coming on. This was awesome. You know, this is our first ever where it's the three of us, you know, which is cool. Yeah, that Shout was cool. Shout out to Choop for joining the pod so we could do stuff like this now. Absolutely. Now, if next time we could do the even harder task of getting Dad to come on, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Guys, I'm working on them. I'm a family em. trifecta. That'd be sweet. I am working on them. Let me tell you, I'm working on them. You know, the guy who literally always has a story for everything tells me, oh, what would I even talk about on there? I just I just want to tell you, Mom, that, you know, um, through all the trials and tribulations that you've been through, you know, it's really inspiring to to us, you know, having a mom like you. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Oh, thank you. But I have to give props out to my mom. 
because she's the one that raised me to be the person that I am because my mom was the same way I was. You know, my mom, everybody meant everything to her. And she always sacrificed herself for everybody else. She was pretty damn great. Sounds like someone I know. Exactly. And I learned from the So because I was raised that way, I don't know any other way to be. And I'm glad that I was raised that way. But it's a good thing you raised us that way because now we'll continue it for the next generation. I hope so. I hope so because you know what? Like they say, and it's not always true with all families, but if you're lucky, your family is your ride or die dude. Always. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, they're always there. Absolutely. Yeah, only you though. I don't like to wrestle. Only you. <laughs> There's a lot that you know. We can't choose all of our family, but you know. Nah, they're all right. I guess you know. But don't, don't you dare talk about. Don't anybody else talk about that family that yeah, we don't you're damn like, right? Because we'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah, <kick> your ass. <laughs> only we're allowed to talk about the ones we don't like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not and anybody else. Also, real quick, unless you guys got something else you want to say, real quick, are you guys good? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to take this last couple minutes to just. I got two things I want to say real quick. And I hate to be this guy because I feel like I get. You know, I feel like I kind of get emotional on a lot of episodes and I don't want to be perceived as that guy. But, you know, life is emotional sometimes. And it's better to get it out. But uh, I just wanted to give a real quick shout out to a buddy of mine. I've known him pretty much my entire life. You know, at least for the years that mattered. Uh, he's very close to me. He's like a brother to me. He always has been. Uh, his family uh, got some pretty terrible news recently that his mom has terminal cancer. And uh, she, she doesn't have much longer. And, you know, and it sucks because, you know, we've known each other long enough to the point where she was kind of always like a mom to me. Uh, we used to always say she was like my other mom, just the really mean one. But, uh, you know, it's... It's it's rough, man, especially when you get to, like, you know, I'm, like, 31 now, so literally, like, like a week before I found the new, before I heard the news from my buddy, I was just telling my mom, like, you know, this is, at this age is when you start, like, when the friends around you start losing their parents, and you know what I mean, and it's tough. So for, like, him to be going through this, and, you know, it it really affected me a lot because, like my mom said, we lost our grandmother this year. And, you know, for us to be, for me to be losing her now too, which, you know, she was always, I was always super close with them. She, I know she'll probably never hear this podcast, but in some miracle she does, I just want to say thank you for always welcoming into your family. Thank you for, you know, letting me be friends with your son, even during times when I'm sure you didn't want me to be. But, you know, being around you guys and being around him made me a better person. And, you know, obviously I can't take the place of you when you're gone, but I'll do my best to be there for him. You know, like he's always been there for me. And, you know, I just wanted to just, you know, give a quick little shout out to them and his family and just, you know, I know I know it's tough, but, you know, the the good thing about it all is that you know, she won't be in pain anymore, and she'll be back. She'll be home with her parents. So I just wanted to give a quick... Since we were doing this episode this week, I just wanted to kind of plug that real quick and just, you know... Yeah, we love you, buddy. Send out my love to them. I don't want... you know, I We won't, love you. <laughs> I won't name him or anything because it's not my business to tell, but obviously he knows who he is. You know who you are, and prayers and condolences, and I'm here. Yeah, you need anything. You, you know I'm so. here. You know, he's always... He was uh, he was accepted in our family pretty much as fast as I was accepted into his. You know, I mean, right from the beginning, everybody pretty much knew that it was gonna be me and him till the end, because we just, you know, we just clicked that well together. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just I didn't know what else to do. You know, obviously, I've been in contact with him, helping him get through it. I didn't know what else to do. I felt like, you know, this podcast is like my way of, you know. Doing something, I guess. So I, I just wanted to, you know, send my love out to her this way. I guess since I don't know if I'll get the chance to see her before, you know, she's gone. But 
And I, I apologize. Just my prayers. I'm so sorry. My prayers. I'll see you guys. Yeah. At least this way she'll, you know, it'll be kind of immortalized, you know, what she meant to me. And then real quick, also before I get out of here, I just want to, I was telling my mom on the way over here, but uh, I read something heartbreaking on Facebook earlier today. Uh, It was a post from a guy. I don't know who he is. Never met him before. But he posted this real long thing about, you know, his struggles with mental health and, you know, feeling like he was alone in this world. And then basically to sum it all up for you at the end, he basically, you know, it was basically his suicide note, but on Facebook. And at the end, he pretty much told the world, you know, you guys know me as the goofy guy. So just remember me that way. And then he said, basically just said, I'm out, uh, I guess, not long after posting that he killed himself. And that's something, obviously, if you guys have been listening to this podcast since day one, mental health is something we've been very big about. Uh, I've, I've tried to become an advocate for it as much as I can. Obviously, there's only so much I could do. But, you know, I kind of just want to give a shout out to that guy, too. Just say, you know, I'm sorry that you... Felt like you didn't have anybody, and I'm sorry that, you know, the world failed you when you needed it. And uh, anybody, honestly, anybody who listens to this podcast, anybody who listens to this and has friends that are feeling this way, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Literally anybody. My message, my Facebook is always open for a message. I don't care if I don't even know who you are. And I- look for help. Go for help, because you know what? You're so much greater in this world than you are gone out of this world. Trust me. There's so many there's so much love that you probably don't even realize is there. I obviously anybody who's listening to this, been a fan of the podcast this long knows that I've spoken on here about my mental health journey. I've been very open about it. And not funny, I guess, but crazy enough, my mom listening to the podcast is how she found out because I was always afraid to tell her about it, was how she found out about it. And let me tell you guys, once I started talking to people about it, it became so much easier to want to stick around once people started to know what was going on with me. And that goes back to the fact that I said I used to have open conversations with my boys when they were younger and they were teenagers, and I felt kind of upset that he didn't feel like he could come to me as an adult. I mean, it was more of like a... It was more of just like, you know, I know everybody's got their own stuff going on, you know, and I felt like, you know, this is my own struggle to go through. But And that's, I, a, that's the problem because in our society, it's like right. men can't speak. You know, we're supposed to just suffer in silence and just, you know, be be the rock who just provides and this and that. Um, meanwhile, <clears throat> your best friend could be on the verge of suicide and he's scared to tell you because there's such a stigma around this stuff. Yeah, and I mean Yeah, don't listen to the man up. Don't don't listen to that. You not, be who you want to be. You're not a pussy because you have feelings. You're human. And it can get better and it will get better, but first you have to talk to somebody. You have to reach out, you know. I had people that knew what I was going through and tried to reach out to me and I just you know it didn't work because I wasn't ready to talk about it but then once I finally reached out it's I'm not gonna say it's been smooth sailing ever since because I still have my days but now I know that there's people I could reach out to if I really need to which has helped a lot in a lot of big ways and also another very important thing is um when people are struggling with mental health a lot of times they start self-medicating yeah, don't do that. And abusing That's... drugs. And from someone who's been through that, let me tell you that that is not the right thing to be doing. You know, it only exasperates your problems, pushes things off. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's not a great time. It's not a life that anyone wants to live, especially when there's fentanyl on the streets that's literally killing people. You can't trust the pills that are around. You can't trust anything. It's right. not like back in the day. You can't just be a recreational drug user anymore. No. You will die. Yes, mm-hmm. it's true. So, I mean, obviously I didn't want to unload all this stuff on you guys this week, but after reading that, I felt like I had to, you know, I feel like I don't mention it enough, so I think maybe at the end of every episode I'm just going to start telling people, like, you know, if you need something to reach out, just so people know, you know, that it's always here. 
Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to shout that out real quick too before we got out of here. And uh, I just want to say, uh, the guy whose letter I wrote on Facebook, his name was Robert. So I just want to say, Robert, uh, I hope you found peace on the other side. And uh, I just want you to know that the world looks a little darker without your light in it. Exactly. Rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace. And just remember, keep that in the back of your mind. If nothing else, just remember that without your light in this world, there will be, there will be, it'll get a little darker. Whether you feel like that or not, it's true. So, you know, just reach out if you need us. I'm always here. The podcast is always here. Even if somebody wants to come on and they just want to get it out on the podcast, that's fine. You know, we could set something up. I don't care. Even if you don't want it, we could just sit here and just let you just let it all out. If that's what you need to do. Because doing it on the podcast was easily, honestly, the best way for me to get it all out at once was to just say it on here and just let it be out. Because, you know, obviously that's what helped me start talking to people face to face about it. So I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Shout out to my buddy and his family. I love you guys. Uh, shout out to the losers. I love you guys. Shout out to Chop. I I, I like you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Chupacabra and Mom. Shout out to Rachel, our silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> our emotional support partner. <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to get on out of here because my mom's had a long day. So, And I still got to get some food. So, Sean's uh, always about the food. <laughs> you notice that he's always no, about the food. Nothing ever changes. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to get on out of here. And uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, I believe it's me. I believe yeah, it's, it's you. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's me. And uh, I think we said, actually, you know what? I won't tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to do something good. It's something we've been talking about for a while. So, uh yeah, well, I'm going to stop talking because I've been talking too long again. So, <laughs> you guys got anything you want to say real quick before we get out of here? Just um, keep the keep this podcast in your mind. We're coming into the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Talk to your family. Talk to your loved ones. Make sure that, you know, they're getting the checkups that they need, that they're proactive. And watch out because I'm on the street sometimes. <laughs> and and if I find you. you, I will get you get about you. getting that mammogram. Love you all. And trust me. Early detection is the best detection, so just do it. It's five minutes of your time. Just do it. Yeah. Mama, once again, I appreciate you coming on again. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you. I love being on here. You know, your, your door is always open for you whenever. Uh, it's been awesome. So I guess we'll do our little sign-off. Go ahead, my friend. Uh, Dude, this is my like second episode. I don't know the sign. No, I just, you know you do the fucking you do your own sign. What's you know, the, the fucking thing? You do the chupacabra out, man. <laughs> All right. All right, losers. Later. Thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you guys. Love you. Uh we'll see you next week. Chupacabra out. And thanks for riding along, losers. Cheat out. Get them mammograms, mama bear. <laughs>